Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beauty O Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 890. Well, to all who are listening on the 3rd or the 4th, happy Independence Day weekend from all of us here at Talking Birds. As we celebrate our independence and freedom, we're still thinking about Ukraine. Although we as individuals can't do a lot to help that sovereign country stave off the onslaught or the onslaught from Putin's forces, we can help the people there. And one good way we've mentioned before is through a donation uh, with International Rescue Committee. And they're at rescue.org, rescue.org. It's going to be an L of a show today here in Talking Birds because we'll hear from birding legend Laura Erickson, Talking Birds ambassador Laura Jimenez, and audio postcard double contributor Louise Evers. Starting with Louise and her new audio postcard from a very birdie place in western Idaho. Hello, Ray, and all Talking Birds listeners. This is Louisa Evers. I'm at Martin's Landing, part of the Fort Boise Wildlife Management Area, surrounded by all kinds of singing birds. Mostly song sparrows and yellow warblers but also black-headed grosbeaks. I heard a downy woodpecker. And an American robin. California quail. All right. Thank you, Laura. I'm the trail of that California quail out there in Idaho. Our own Freya McGregor started this audio postcard thing, and she sent us many from all kinds of places. And... Um, Lots of listeners have taken up on that, and like Louise just uh, did. So wherever you are, and you want to send us an audio postcard, uh, please do that. Of course, one of the cool things about birding, we always say, is that pretty much no matter where you are in the world, there are birds. So uh, send us a postcard. Uh, just email it to ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. Questions about it, uh, let us know. We're, uh, we're here to help. Well, a shout-out to a wonderful group and some new friends of ours, the Friends of the Everglades, founded back in 1969 by renowned writer and environmental activist Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and dedicated ever since to preserving America's Everglades and its interconnected systems. Well, the Everglades, for those not familiar, is a natural region of subtropical wetlands in southern Florida, it forms an ecosystem that is not found anywhere else on the planet. As Marjorie Stoneman Douglas put it, there are no other Everglades in the world. They are, they have always been, one of the unique regions of the earth, remote, never wholly known, nothing anywhere else 
is like them. The words of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And that's a dramatic but true statement from the founder of Friends of the Everglades, helping to protect a place that is fabulously rich in bird life and wildlife of all kinds. We'll be talking more about the Everglades and its friends in an upcoming show. And meanwhile, you can learn more about the Friends of the Everglades at everglades.org. Sound familiar? If it does, well, you're on your way to a possible win in our mystery bird contest. This is a preview of our contest, the actual contest itself, a little bit later on in uh, this morning's show. Today's mystery bird is a thrush-like warbler with a brown back, whitish undersides with dark stripes and a whitish or yellowish eye stripe. Our bird is found along slow-moving streams and ponds and swamps and bogs, where it feeds on insects and snails and occasionally small fish. Our mystery bird constantly bobs its tail, another distinguishing characteristic of our mystery bird. Prizes today are so beautiful here. Uh, If you'd like to picture yourself enjoying a great book about birds or nature this summer while sipping some delicious coffee, iced maybe, we have, as the saying goes, got you covered with prizes on our mystery bird contest. Today, we have a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, a family-owned bookstore with one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a big bag of shade-grown, bird-friendly, certified organic, fair-trade birds and beans coffee, coffee that tastes delicious while it helps preserve the natural forest canopy down in Central America where birds and beans coffee is grown. So those are the prizes on our contest. And if we have time for our mystery bird bonus question, we'll have a bonus question prize at stake, a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply, makers of plastic-free notebooks and notepads and journals and other supplies for classroom and office. And that's all coming up here on our mystery bird contest. Some conservation bad news of the week here. The Supreme Court of the United States, in a 6-3 to supermajority vote, made a decision this week that seemed to say, in effect, that the Environmental Protection Agency will not be allowed to protect the environment. The court's decision ruled that the EPA doesn't have authority to set standards on climate-changing greenhouse gas emissions for existing power plants. In her dissent, Justice Elena Kagan wrote in part, Today, the court strips the EPA of the power Congress gave it to respond to the most pressing environmental challenge of our time. It deprives EPA of the power needed and the power granted to curb the emission of greenhouse gases. A dissent there that echoes the feelings of lots of folks who care about our planet from Justice Elena Kagan. Meanwhile, we've searched for some good environmental news in hopes of providing at least some counterpoint to that Supreme Court decision. And we found this in our neighboring state of Rhode Island. Governor Dan McKee this week signed into law historic legislation to make a substantial increase in renewable energy production and supply by requiring that 100% of Rhode Island's electricity be offset by renewable production by 2033. 
In effect, it makes Rhode Island the first state in the country to commit to 100% renewable energy by that year, 2033. Governor McKee said this about it in part, quote, Today's historic legislation outlines a firm 10-year commitment to achieve our climate change mitigation goals, giving Rhode Island the most ambitious renewable energy standard in the nation. End quote. Big news to celebrate there from our smallest state. Way to go, little roadie. We like to salute our Talking Birds ambassadors. They are the folks who uh, get the word out about our show and about what we are attempting to do here, and that is to get the word out about the wonder of birds and the importance of conservation. Our Talking Birds ambassadors hand out little cards that we send to them, to their friends and neighbors at their convenience. That's how it works. And we want to say thank you to Jasmine B. from Brownsville, Texas. Jasmine says, I'm obsessed with birds. I'm a biology teacher and would love to incorporate more bird information into my curriculum. Thank you, Jasmine. What a great idea. And by the way, on our website, TalkingBirds.com, we have a special section there about getting kids interested in birds. Thanks to Tom Harrington from Stores Manfield, Connecticut. He says, Mike O'Connor knows me since I usually see him towards the end of December. Tom travels all the way to Cape Cod in late December as he transforms himself (laughs) into Santa Claus and holds forth when he gets to Mike's Birdwatcher's general store on Cape Cod. Thank you, Tom, and Hope to see you in December. Now let's hear from a Talking Birds ambassador about why she became one. My name is Laura Jimenez, and I'm calling from Carpinteria, California. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I realized I already was being an ambassador, and getting the cards was a great supplement to telling people about the show. I would encourage all listeners to become Talking Birds ambassadors to get the word out about this show and the importance of being aware of our impact on the environment and the wonder of the birds around us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura, for that. And to become an ambassador, just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Get Involved tab up at the top of the homepage. Hey, we're excited to welcome a new supporter to the Talking Birds family today. It's Quest Nature Tours. They've been uh, escorting folks on fabulous birding and nature excursions for more than 50 years. And we're thrilled to have them as a supporter of our show. We'll hear a message from them here shortly. Welcome, Quest Nature Tours. Still to come on our show today, we'll revisit a timely talk with the great Laura Erickson about how birds keep cool, or try to, in the very hot weather that many parts of North America and uh, a lot of other places around the world are experiencing these days. We'll also meet up with Mike. That's that Mike O'Connor guy we just heard about in the Let's Ask Mike segment about baby birds in his backyard and his method for keeping an eye on them, and almost live from the archive installment of Let's Ask Mike. And up next, a bird from up north that some call Chick Chick is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine, for more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Here's the call of the state bird of Massachusetts and Maine. It's the black-capped chickadee. And here's the call of the state bird of South Carolina. 
It's the Carolina chickadee. That Dixie bird, though, is turning into a Yankee. It's commonly seen well up into New England. And both of those chickadee species are gradually moving north for reasons that aren't entirely clear, although some scientists suggest that warmer temperatures associated with climate change may be the primary reason. Meanwhile, today's featured feathered friend, a chickadee from way up north, is not flying as far south as it used to and has become less common in places like Maine, Vermont, and Wisconsin. Here's its call. And its song. It's Peacely Hudsonicus, the boreal chickadee. A bird that seems to like being near populations of humans who've tagged it with nicknames including Chick Chick, Tom Tip, and Philady. That's a name whose origins seem shrouded in mystery, at least as far as our Talking Birds research department can determine. As a quick look at our Facebook page will demonstrate, the boreal chickadee is a beautiful bird with a chocolate brown crown and coffee-colored sides and back along with a black throat and white belly. Our bird can be found through almost all of Canada and Alaska and the extreme northern parts of the lower 48, where it feeds mostly on insects, along with some seeds and fruits, and shares the food-hiding habits of other chickadees to help it survive the long, cold winters. Research has shown that most of the food items stashed are insect larvae, and that the only seeds hidden away were those from spruce trees. It's good to know that although this is a species that's hard to monitor, populations of boreal chickadees appear to be stable. You can call it the chick-chick, the tom-tit, or the filady. It's today's Talking Birds, featured feathered friend, Peacely Hudsonicus. The boreal chickadee. Welcome again to our show number... 890. Thanks for being with us. Laura Erickson is a recipient of the American Birding Association's Roger Tory Peterson Award and the Minnesota uh, Ornithologists Union's Thomas Sadler Roberts Memorial Award. She's been a scientist, teacher, writer, wildlife rehabilitator, blogger, public speaker, photographer, science editor at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. She also hosts the radio show and podcast For the Birds, and she's written 12 books about birding, including in 2020, The Love Lives of Birds. We would go on, but the show (laughs) will be over soon if we do. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Ray. It's wonderful to have you back on the show, and I want to ask you about that book, The Love Lives of Birds. But first, it's late August, and it's hot in many places around the country and has been for a while. So we wanted to talk to you today about how birds cope or try to during heat waves and droughts and uh, how we can help them, too. You just wrote an informative piece about this in Birdwatching magazine. And one thing you point out is that birds can generally cope with cold weather better than hot weather, which may be a surprise to some people, but tell us why that is generally. 
Well, birds can add to their feathers. We see their outer feathers. That's uh, called their contour plumage. But beneath that, they have a thick uh, layer of down underwear, and they can (laughs) add to that as temperatures start going down in fall. So... Uh, they uh, when we look out in the winter and see how fat the birds look at our feeders, that's not fat. That is their down feathers lofted up beneath their outer feathers, making them look fat. So they're well adapted for that as long as they have enough food. Uh, they will die. You know, insectivores died during the big cold snap that we had this past winter down in. Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas um, because they must have the food to generate the heat for their insulation to have heat Mm -hmm. to hold in. But hot weather, they can't dissipate that extra heat the way mammals can by sweating. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to pant or what we call guler fluttering Mm -hmm. where their whole throat uh, flutters and moisture on the surface of the inside of their mouth and upper throat will evaporate and help cool them down but that does not work all that well and so they can um they have problems coping with too much heat hummingbirds just turn the thermostat down uh in really hot afternoons and go through what we call torpor where they just um go into a sort of state of obliviousness uh, mm-hmm. that seems like sleep mm-hmm. while their body shuts down for a little while. Yeah, and, and is the, the irony there is birds panting, that causes dehydration, right? So then they need more water. But they're more efficient about that than mammals mm-hmm. because that evaporation is happening within their mouth and throat, so some of it is recovered again. Mm-hmm. But you're right, that's why water is so vital for birds in hot conditions. You talk in the article, too, about uh, helping birds find nutrition, and a big part of that is about planting native trees and shrubs in your yards, right? Right. When we look at hummingbirds, we always think, you know, about our hummingbird feeders, but um, most of their diet, especially when they're regurgitating food, when the females are feeding their babies, comes from insects. And those insects, most of the ones that hummingbirds feed on are ones that are associated with the plants in their breeding ground. And so locally native plants provide that um, that vital food. Uh, all kind of birds need plants. Some of them eat plant food directly, but most of uh, just about all our songbirds are very dependent on the insects that feed on those mm-hmm. plants. Let's switch over to your newest book, Laura. It's called The Love Lives of Birds. I wonder if you'd give us a quick thumbnail about what it's about and then maybe read the introduction. We actually picked out uh, something here with the trumpeter swans. and It's called The Two of Us, that chapter. Uh, the whole book, it's 35 entries, and the publishers wanted something that would... Um, really touch on uh, human popular culture, what we think of as love, and how bird love lives fit into that. We like to think we're totally different 
from birds, and we call it anthropomorphism. If we uh, say birds are anywhere near like humans in terms of emotion, intelligence, and all those other things, and the word love, uh, some people get very offended and call it anthropomorphism. If we say birds feel love, but when they lose a mate, they have the same physiological uh, changes that humans that are grieving do. And they have the same hormonal impulses to nurture their babies. Uh, you know, we share a whole lot of our genetic makeup and biochemistry with them. So, so the, the book is about popular culture and ways that birds, you know, I mean, we've been talking about the birds and the bees for how long? <laughs> Even though most people have never either witnessed a bird or a bee doing the things that birds and bees are famous for doing. <laughs> We're really getting short of time, but maybe, uh, Laura, you could read maybe just that first paragraph from uh, the two of us about trumpeter swans. Sure. You want monogamy? Marry a swan, said a character in the movie Heartburn. Nora Ephron was no ornithologist, but that line from her screenplay was spot on. Even when trumpeter swans gather in sociable, migratory, and winter flocks, the mated birds among them stick with their partner day in and day out. Sometimes the pair synchronize their movements as if engaging in a very private minuet. <laughs> Beautiful trumpeter swans. The book is called The Love Lives of Birds. And Laura Erickson is the author. And I know you're coming out with another book soon about those native plants for birds, Laura. So I hope we'll have you back on to talk about that when it comes out. I look forward to that, Ray. All right. Thank you so much, Laura. Laura Erickson, you can find out more about her. And there's a lot to know. She knows a lot at lauraerickson.com. That's lauraerickson.com. Up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. It's our mystery bird in our mystery bird contest. We're often late with this, and uh, today is a, certainly a good example of that. So if you'd like to help us out, call us as soon as you possibly can and give us your answer or guess on this mystery bird, a thrush-like warbler with a brown back, whitish undersides with dark stripes, and a whitish or yellowish Eye stripe, often found along slow-moving streams and ponds, swamps, and bogs where it feeds on insects. 
and snails and occasionally small fish. Fabulous prizes, including uh, that Beautio Books $15 gift certificate and a big bag of birds and beans delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. 781-837-4900 is the number to identify that mystery bird. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive, in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. This winter, join us in Trinidad and Tobago, a tropical birding hotspot, or go beyond the beaches in the DR. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Down to Cape Cod now, location of the world-famous Birdwatcher's General Store. That would be in Orleans on Cape Cod. And Mike O'Connor is there. We'll try to hear him above the din emanating from his backyard there. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind, of, kind of a hectic scene here we got going on. The uh, the baby birth, I, I know we discussed this a few weeks ago, where we have a nest box full of uh, gray-crested flycatchers. And, and so what I did was I put a little camera inside the box before they got there, and then I run it through the TV in the living room. Hmm. I want it in the bedroom, but my wife wanted nothing to do with that. <laughs> And so now that the babies have hatched, we have five hungry babies. They look scary as heck. They're just all furry and blotchy and blind, and they're whacking their heads back and forth, and their mouths are open. Um, and then the parents are bringing them food back and forth. And the interesting part is these things are small. They're like the size. I don't know if you can hear them. And they, they, they never stop talking, even at night. They just you're yapping the whole time. And the, and the parents bring them in this food. Now, a few years ago, I had a nest box with chickadees in it, and they would bring these little one-inch green inchworms mm. and feed the babies. Well, these are flycatchers, and so they eat bugs that are considerably larger and, and they're, they're considerably larger than the, the babies themselves. They look, it's, you know, I think they're mostly dragonflies, but they look like, like the Wright brothers playing compared to the birds, <laughs> and they shove them in, in, the, in the baby bird's mouth, and mm. it, they don't fit. So you would think they'd choke, but no, yeah. the mother hammers, 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 like loading a musket. They're shoving the food down, and the wings are sticking out, and they eventually get on. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm glad I don't eat like that, wow. although my kids do sometimes. <laughs> but here, here, here we go. Wow. Can you hear that? We can hear it loud and clear. This I'm is afraid just... to get too close to the screen. I might get sucked in. And, now, now the, and then she feeds them, and then the birds, this is... This is uh, my, my wife's impressed with this. But after she feeds them, the bird kind of kind of tips over a little bit and produces a, a little fecal sac, little bag of poop that the parents carry away. But in the first few days, the, the sacs weren't that big, and the, the mother would actually eat the sac on the spot. And my wife said, now that's a dedicated mother, because I don't <laughs> think she would be willing to do yeah, that. Yeah. 
the energy you get out of a dragonfly, it's worth it. I might start eating them because they're just, they never calm down. They never get quiet, and they can't even see. They don't, maybe if they saw what they were eating, they wouldn't be eating it in the first place. And this is how many checks again that you, that you have there? 500. No, there's five. <laughs> it sounds like 500, doesn't it? It, it, it kind of does, yeah. That, me... That's five, and the parents are able to keep, keep them fed. And, and amazingly, these things look like nothing. I mean, like I said, they're like, they're like a chewed piece of gum. They're so creepy and gooey looking. And then... <laughs> Ten days from now, they're going to be free-flying a uh, full-grown bird. It's crazy, crazy cool. What a lovely bird you have there. Looks like a piece of, what was it, used? Chewed gum. Yes. <laughs> a flattering description. I love that. All right. I'll let you get back to the action, Mike. All right. We'll, talk, well I'll let you know when they fly uh, a week or two from now. All right. Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. You can still hear them. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, Mike. <laughs> okay. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Well, as uh, uh, expected or suspected, we uh, are not going to have even time to do our mystery bird contest as we normally do. So here's what we're going to do. invite you to send us an email with your answer to ray at TalkinBirds.com. We'll do a drawing from among correct answers received. The address again, ray at TalkinBirds.com with the answer to this week's mystery bird contest. And that is it for this morning's show. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beauty O Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.